A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle and A.M. Kozak. Well, welcome to the Small Machine Talks. We uh, have a special episode today. I'm uh, Amanda Earle. I'm A.M. Kozak. And we are joined by Jamal Jackson Rogers, also known as Just Jamal the Poet. Hi, Jamal. Hi, how are you? Good. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Very excited to have Ottawa's Poet Laureate uh, present with us here. Yeah, all right. That's all, that's all I had. That's all. That's, that's very good. I will. I will now. The ice is broken. Now that the ice is broken, I will read from a piece of paper your bio. Feel free to stop and add things at any moment. Jamal Jackson Rogers, stage name just Jamal the poet, is an award-winning poet laureate, Ottawa's poet laureate, arts educator, social engagement officer, and recording performance artist. In the last six years, he has brought his work to audiences nationally and abroad. His defining moments are when he makes intimate connections with his participants during workshops and performance sets. His topics range from emotional maturity to world issues, from parenting to the human condition. He is a father of five and resides in Ottawa, Canada, using the Capitol and his performance studio, the, the Origin Arts and Community Centre, as his launch pad to teach, mentor, and advocate for the arts. All right. Nice bio. <laughs> and towards the end of the bio, you mentioned the origin. So why don't we start off the interview with a question about that? Thanks. Yeah, sure. Can you tell us... A- bit about the origin and the sorts of things that happen in that space? Well, the Origin Arts and Community Center is a place um, <clears throat> that was created from a, an initiative and a drive to uh, have a space where artists can afford to uh, create, explore, discover, and network. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found, I say we as in myself and the two other co-owners of the space, Jackie Detois, who's a South African dancer, storyteller, uh, theater practitioner, and um, stage director, and uh, playwright. She uh, teamed up with myself last, so 2015, I think it was late 2015, and uh, we kind of just were chatting about a video that I wanted to have her in. And I told her about my desire to have a space, and she said, that's exactly what I want. Wow. she, we were talking about how dif- difficult it is for uh, the quote-unquote starving artists to find space to create uh, affordable space, space that's mm-hmm. also welcoming to people of diverse backgrounds, yeah. right? And so uh, her being South African, myself being from the Caribbean, uh, she took me to a place that was right in her neighborhood in the Hintonburg area, um, mm-hmm. uh, right around Parkdale. And then she showed me this uh, double car garage and she said, what do you think? And I said... Well, it's a double car garage. <laughs> what can we possibly do? But I remember something important that a friend of mine told me. I had just come back from India and I had told her about my desire and this passion that I have to bring people together around art. To me, art is like the greatest exercise for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the greatest, um, I guess, creative exercise and uh, practicing art. So I told her about how I want to practice art, like an art gym or mm. kind of like an ashram type artistic space and I told her how hard it is my friend in India to afford a place like that just to rent one out or to purchase one she said don't don't talk about that mm-hmm. she said stop saying those things if you want something like that that's special it's going to help more than just you and others you have to say it like you want it <laughs> so we spent the night saying it like I wanted it and the, and when I came back and spoke to Jackie in the same week we got the space 
Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that I had to give a background story to that because it was important for me to, uh, it's important for me to let people know that, um, wh- why we call it the origin, yeah. you know, and the origin of it and the origin of art where it's, it's people, it's almost like the cipher, people coming together around the fire yeah. and trying to creation. Understand. It's yeah. a creation story. Yeah. That's so it. in that space, we, we offer it to the public, to the community, um, to use it, um, you know, we hope in, in what we'd call positive ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by that, I kind of want to elaborate by, you know, by, by mentioning that it's not a space where uh, hate speech is allowed and where, um, you know, uh, I guess oppression or oppressive <clears throat> dialogue or um, um, creation is allowed to be created in there. And I mean, that can be taken in different ways, but we mm-hmm. try to make it, let's just say, safe for people to come yeah. in and express themselves. And that's mm-hmm. the main foundation. People have used it for wedding um, uh, showers. People have used bridal showers. I think they're called bridal showers. Right. <laughs> Baby showers. Um, mixing up the two. Um, they've used it for workshops. They've used it for just ready to get out to have a private movie night with hmm. them and their partner. And hmm. uh, we also do shows, and I think that's the main per- uh, use of it at this yeah. point. We do a lot of shows for uh, intimate spaces. Uh, we fit about sixty people. Okay. You know, at capacity. I was just thinking that question: of how many people can fit in there? That's yeah, good. Well, and sometimes they're out. They're out the door in the back. I've yeah, seen pictures. Yeah. yeah. We've opened it up to, to to the parking lot, and so when it's packed, it's about seventy. But fifty is it feels good. Feels right. Wow, nice. And do you feel like just framing the space like that, like you want to have a positive space, uh, a space where people feel comfortable? Do you find that sort of controls or helps make it that space just by setting out those parameters do you ever do you ever have any issues with anything like that or is it is it usually people that are coming with like i don't know good energy or positive intentions you know that's something i i i concern myself a lot mm-hmm. about with the space because uh, i run so many events now and 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 not just in that space but outside of that space mm-hmm. and uh i try to carry that that type of moral ground or ethical value with me you know mm-hmm. just want to carry positivity and so when it comes to the origin it's part of me now and jackie and captain who's the third owner and i always worry are people going to come understanding what, mm-hmm. what the space is and 99 percent of the yeah. time, that's what happens mm-hmm. i think the uh my, with myself and jackie and captain um part most of the time if people know us we kind of exude that mm-hmm. and sometimes we do it on purpose so that people are reminded mm-hmm. of uh, when you come it's almost like our home when you right. come into our home we want to share the same vibration as much as possible mm-hmm. yeah when i was there a few weeks ago um i noticed the ceiling was um like what they look like cupboards almost yeah. he was trying to remember the word yeah, knob yeah, yeah. it was really interesting how we yeah. we struggled over that word we couldn't yeah. remember it and what was the is there a story behind that or whose idea was that that was functionality and, okay you know just being frugal uh wanting to uh renovate the space in a way that we could afford because everything comes out of our pockets it's not you know any funding or whatnot that we use of course the community supports us attending our events but we needed to find a way to cover the this this is just a horrible job that someone did <laughs> yeah it was just little small tiny i don't even know schlacks or beams and it was you know it wasn't in good shape the happy built coffee company was there maybe i think oh okay uh, but before oh, the individual, really I don't know who owns it. I can't remember his name. Who owns the Happy Goat? But apparently, he's a good individual. He he decided to move out. Yeah, he's got like two or three locations now in the city, and he's doing well, from what I understand. But it hadn't been taken care of since he left. Right. So we had to do a lot of renovations because we were turning it from just you know in, from a cafe into a venue art space. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
it was cool though. It's it's I hadn't, I haven't seen that before, so I was you know kind of, oh. I was I was staring. I was like very interested, and it's almost like you know if you think about it, you can open up these cupboards to the sky, or if you want to get metaphorical, or to find yourself, right? That's, yeah, that's great. Come in, come in there and you find yourself. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I, I have to get myself over there when my foot's better, and I can I can I you know I I have you know it's been such a like starting in about May. Mm-hmm. I my my I have this condition with my foot that means I I walk about a kilometer or two, and I'm it's painful. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to take six months to a year and physio and mm-hmm. so yeah, don't ever age. That's all I can say. <laughs> do, you up, do you have any upcoming visions or any uh, anything you're excited about coming up in the space that you want to you want to tell people about? Yes. Yeah, so you know, I, I do plan lofty. I don't always mm-hmm. reach my goal, but uh, I I want to have a one week creative. Uh, two things I'd like to do. One I'm working on called the make make great art series. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fundamentalist. I'm, I'm, a, I be, I'm a believer in the idea that art is an academic and that, uh, you know, judging art like what is good or bad art. Usually when I do a workshop, I tell students there's no such thing as bad art. Good. But dedicating yeah. yourself and committing yourself to the artistic mm-hmm. practice is important. So that's what great art is to me. Someone who is dedicated to discipline and discipline yeah. to craft. And so I'm trying to run a, a workshop series with Jackie Dutois, uh, ourselves being creative um, individuals and, and educators, arts educators, we want to run something called Make Great Art Series, where we gather um, participants for maybe it's like three months, once a week, and we it's from different practices, and we combine our efforts into doing something just experimental, spontaneous, Ooh. amazing in Ooh. the city. Um, Sounds fun. Auto has a lot of options, and so we're going to try to work that out starting in this uh, the winter season. Another one is a, a one week kind of like a retreat, not kind mm-hmm. of a retreat for spoken word poets mm-hmm. um, with the students I've worked with internationally. Uh, they've been asking to come to Canada oh, great. for trips. So I'm going to work with, hopefully if I get it off the ground, Ikena Onegbula, who is a yeah. nationally known spoken word poet, internationally known as well too. Him and I will run, I'll run a week here in Ottawa and he, and then I'll bring the students to Toronto and he'll run a week in Toronto. He's in, he's in, uh, he's in Bangkok? Indonesia or something, Bangkok, right? Bangkok? Thailand, yeah, 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 Thailand. Yeah, right Thailand. now. Yeah. If I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kenna. <laughs> there you go. And you're saying uh, for, it was like for three months or something, like an, an inter-arts type of space? Are you mm-hmm. going to involve multiple people then other collaborators uh, as well? Or is it just going to be you, you two heading that? I think uh, we, we went, as Jackie and I are planning the curriculum for it, we're looking at um, having other artists come and lead some of the right. workshops because, I mean, I have my forte, Jackie has her forte, mm-hmm. but if we get musicians who are highly trained, right. uh, that is not my forte, although I, I understand stage presence and performance. Mm-hmm. So if we can get it where... It's affordable mm-hmm. uh, because we want to make sure that the workshop educated facilitators are, are getting some type of stipend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still affordable to participants. Right. We're definitely going to bring in other artists into that um, into that uh, space and use it for three months just to just to just to make great art, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and find the time, support each other so that we find the time to make great art. Because that's right. another thing that yeah. I think, you know, we battle with as artists, finding time. Absolutely. <laughs> I like what you said about uh, dedication. I always think of it as like a lifestyle. It, when I started dedicating, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week, whatever I do to, to art or to poetry, so that's when I felt like I could call myself a poet or an artist and it really is that uh, commitment that it becomes like ingrained in your, I don't know, your identity, your lifestyle, your habits, your behaviors, that kind of thing. Just kind of driven to do everything. Mm-hmm. Like I find for me, pretty much my whole life is related to, um, to 
creating and promoting art and, and poetry and, and from all over the world. So like, it's just part of something that I have to do. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I, there's no choice about it really. Like people say, well, you know, um, like when did you start writing? I think when I started breathing, I feel like it's from that. Like, I don't really feel like there's been any difference between being born and just being creative, you know? Yeah, so not. I think yeah. there, there's only, the only difference is in the discovery of it when you discover that you have that, you know, within your, your identity, as you said. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. And that voice, you have to kind of override that voice. Says, you're no good. You're not, you know, and, and other people's voices where they say they're not good. So that's right. the part I find, like, I want to make sure people, um, to kind of encourage others to, you know, mm -hmm. share their work and, and, uh, you do an amazing job oh, of that, by the way. Thank you, thank you. That's <laughs> nice. Well, a mutual. We have a mutual. Credit. Shout out we have. To uh, we have a mutual admiration society. So. Why don't we get on to the next question? All right. That was question one. You, you realize that? That's that's just, that's it. By the way, did you did we tell you you're going to be staying here all night? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a problem, I think, for us all. Okay, so we, we talked a bit, but you already mentioned that you've gone to it, India. So uh, if you could talk about uh, some of the places you've gone to perform your poetry and work with others, especially kids, I'm interested in that. Mm -hmm. And what was the experience like, India well, and the others? India was my first venture outside the continent uh, for my art. And it was an eye-opener uh, because, uh, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I'm the type of person when I travel, I'm, I kind of like to just sit back and observe. I don't feel like mm -hmm. the need to plot out places to go, yeah. people to connect with. I just want to just roam a bit and yeah. breathe the air and listen to people. And so uh, going there, I was uh, I didn't want to feel like I had a savior. I didn't want a savior complex to come across. Oh, me. yeah. I'm a Canadian, North American artist coming right. to India to, you know. Uh, and I learned, I think going with that mindset helped me to learn way more than I could ever truly appreciate for the practice of um, teaching poetry and teaching artistic discipline. So I worked with students, I think it was between then grades six to all the way to the last level of high school. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I call them tours because what ended up happening is I work with students inside schools, but I also end up connecting with organizations um, that uh, are poetry related organizations or spoken word organizations. Interesting. work. And uh, first times it was more school related, getting to know network. And then the other times I've been to India five times. Wow, and, five times. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> experience. Oh, this country is huge. <laughs> yeah. So the other times it ended up being for some retreats. This was first taste cool. of retreats, leading retreats and phenomenal experience being in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Not just nowhere and you feel safe. Nowhere and you feel unsafe. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just drink anything, eat anything. Right. You can't just make phone calls. There's no connect you know uh, network connection <laughs> and uh but it really took me down to like looking at poetry as like you said art as a lifestyle and uh and how much it affects me on a day-to-day -day basis how much I, I i lean towards it you know mm -hmm. and so i at there was at that point like a year ago or two i decided to tell myself i'm not a performer i don't like that term yeah i feel like i have to be in I have to enact some type of part mm -hmm. of me to It'd do that. On. Yeah, on, you know, and switch it on. Huh, I called myself, I felt, I found myself to, to, to more relate to the term, I'm a deliverer. Oh. You know, like the male, the male men or the male woman, you know. They, so something's coming, not necessarily just from within. Then. No, because it's yeah. not just me. Like I'm taking it in because of through my senses, right? So mm -hmm. people are offering me these gifts through what yeah. I'm doing. 
and I'm just putting it back, just hand it to them, you know what I mean? Straight to the middle. No, that's good. I like that a lot. We Sometimes that there, the poet Jack Spicer talked about poetry as being a kind of dictation. He didn't necessarily know where it was from. It could be from the Martians. He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know where. I say duende, but that's from Lorca. So, yeah. Duende, duende yeah. Oh, duende. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, that, that experience, India has a special place in my heart, but I've been able to travel to, uh, to Poland, to mm-hmm. Chile, uh, to Oman, and I'm probably missing one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, North America too. I've had opportunities in Canada, but I, they just come at a bad time, so I, I, I have to turn a lot of them down, but soon, soon, soon enough it'll come around where I get to travel Canada more. Good, so, good. Yeah. Uh, do you have any advice for children, teens, or other young poets about getting involved or exploring the, the craft? Because we have a lot of kids that listen to the podcast, apparently. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. <laughs> we don't. Well, we, we, we don't know for sure. But. Right, right. <laughs> Just, this will be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to send, you'll have to send them to us. Maybe I'll throw some hashtags in there. All right. Yeah, that'd be good. good. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, about the young, about young children and youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know... One of the things I learned from traveling is that uh, poetry is, is so universal in that I think that uh, at the heart, the heartbeat of most artistic practices, there's some form of poetry mm-hmm. and youth are tapping into their emotions, right? There's mm-hmm. the, the, that emotional um, maturity that's happening in them or that emotional turmoil, I should say. Yeah, turmoil, turmoil is a better word. word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, if you can reach them, just, uh, you know, step one is to reach them where they are, then um, you'll find that there's a, a universe of poetry in them. And then showing them their power, their voice, yeah. right? Uh, helping them to find that voice. Not even find the voice, helping them to step on the ladder because the ladder is intimidating when it when you have someone who's maybe older. Mm-hmm. You read and you see what's popular. It's kind of like saying, I want to be an actor mm-hmm. or an actress. And you see the actors and actresses in Hollywood and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. famous they are and how big they are. And you're like, oh. It's, it's, it's not it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. But for uh, the youth, you know, I, I would tell them that, you know, uh, find someone who is willing to not just listen to you and tell you positive things, but who's willing to critique you as well. Mm-hmm. That could be a mentor. And a mentor doesn't have to be someone who's older. And I don't believe a mentor has to be someone who is a master in their craft. Mm-hmm. Interesting, I, yeah. I think it's someone who's honest with you and your work mm-hmm. uh, and who um, is, is like... It's like, you know, when you're in a boxing ring, I used to box and you don't want the one who's in your corner to be like, you're doing well, everything's okay, and you're getting beat up, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> you want the one to be like, what are you doing? You yeah. got this. Do you know what you need to do next? Here's what you should do. Here's, mm-hmm. uh, here's a few suggestions. So even if it's a good friend, find someone who's a mentor who's going to give you critical feedback, who's honest, um, and who's not going to uh, withhold uh, just for the sake of your feelings, because maybe that'll turn into some great, great art as well. Mm-hmm. You know, agitation, I think, is one of the best ways shaking things up yeah. right? to, to, to spark creativity. And we really need that these days, especially. So yeah. we need to agitate a lot. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like you're talking about just someone who's going to give you the time and the presence, the presence of mind to really be there with you and pay attention to to your your craft or your what you're what you're doing rather than necessarily someone who is has all the skills or all the accolades or anything like yeah that. that's not really necessary because like i said that can be intimidating in fact mm-hmm. yeah one person i wanted to mentor in ottawa and she told me straight up like i don't want you to mentor oh me. yeah. just and too, I, too yeah, intimidating be, like right, or she's just like i think you're going to take over my craft because oh. because mm-hmm. i want i will want to listen to everything you say right 
I thought that was very wise. She yeah. Did, you know, and I thought that was quite wise. Of her. Wise, they're wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the idea of, of um, kind of um, what you said and also like a fellow explorer. So working with someone who's also exploring at the mm-hmm. same time is mm-hmm. like you, you get, you know, you work off each other. It's kind yeah. of a co-mentoring thing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Yeah, I work really, I like working with people who aren't necessarily poets, they're, they're in other crafts, but they're, they're artistic and they're interested yeah. in creations. We have those discussions, those higher level discussions without feeling, because sometimes if I'm talking really deeply about poetry, getting feedback on my poetry from other poets, oh. there's a little competition that kind of comes out. The, sometimes. This strange prescriptive thing that happens when yeah, you start yeah. talking about poetry. Yeah. Like, and it can be, a, uh, I don't think it's intentional. Any no, it's just like people a, have... We're fi- it's exploring it's yeah. exploring too right like when you're exploring like the first I don't know it's like when you're a kid and you learn grammar the first thing you learn you over apply the rules so it's I saw it instead of I you know I I saw because you, you learn ED is the ending so you over apply so I remember being very against certain kinds of poetry when I was first mm. you know discovering contemporary poetry and I would say no this kind of poetry isn't wrong and I was like I can't believe I'm embarrassed at how I <laughs> said those sort of things to people like now it's like every anything goes and everything goes it just depends on yeah. on the work like whatever sometimes sometimes the work requires sonnets sometimes mm-hmm. it requires you know free verse or prose right. poems it's i serve the work it's, it's not mm-hmm. about my ego or anything right. else and I, and I find sometimes you're working with people who aren't necessarily as you know we'll say knowledgeable or is is involved yeah. in poetry we're going to be making more open to this exploration to yeah exploring that's the, it yeah. like am I, when i first I actually was put off poetry. Uh, I was like in grade seven and we're studying that Wordsworth poem, I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud. Yeah. And the teacher asked us what the poem was about. And I said, the sound of bells. And she said, that's the wrong, an- like that's wrong. And I was so, I, I hated that. That is it. I hated poetry. Didn't want anything to do with poetry after that. Just like that. Wow. Yeah. So I took it until my, really until much later before I, I even looked at a poem again. So, mm-hmm. but because the sound of bells is, yes, it's the right answer. <laughs> it's, it's a good answer. So if someone tells me the sound of bells, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Speaking of sound, and we were talking a bit about uh, movement earlier. So this, this leads into our. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, one of the, I, I watched, I got a chance to watch uh, several of your videos yeah. and, and it was so great to, to watch. And so one of them I watched was, um, when you were uh, in the Urban Legend Slam team at the Canadian Festival of Spoken Word, you and a uh, group performed a remix, your team performed a remix of a poem called Care About Us. It was really fun to watch. And it was, the whole thing was choreographed. And uh, I didn't get the impression that dancing was a common part of spoken word competitions. So that was interesting. And what made you, at that piece, what made you add dance and music to that piece and other pieces if you do? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you do. And how, do, how does it change the nature of the poem or add to it when you do something like that? Well, I think uh, the, na- the nature or the, the, the beauty of spoken word is its accessibility mm-hmm. to um, modern uh, poetic expression. And I feel that... Uh, I felt that in 2011, I had the piece already written, and I think I had performed it in Ottawa as a finals piece um, when I was in the finals in Ottawa, just as a city-wide slam. And uh, <clears throat> when the team was made, one of the teammates, he was the captain, Proof Rock Shadowrunner, he mm. came up to me and he said, Jamal, we should do a team piece with that Care About Us poem you did in the finals. Ah. At the festival, the national festival. And I was like, oh, it's so lame, you know, like it's, it's got rhythm, you know, it's really rhythmic. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a remix of a Michael Jackson song, right? And remixes are allowed. That's um, good, yeah. yeah. So I remix basically the, the same rhythm that uh, Michael Jackson carries um, through the song or melody, I should say. And uh, I asked him why. He's like, it's because it's, it's going to be so different, you know, mm-hmm. no one's going to expect 
a spoken word piece like that. And the message is, is strong. I said, okay, we'll try it. So we, we talked about different ways. And he said, you know what? It's remixed off of Michael Jackson. The one, you know, if not the greatest pop entertainer. Yeah, time, and, dancer, right? and dancer, all those, yeah. Let's just dance. Let's just dance in it and give people a good time and surprise people. So we, the choreographer we, we hired, he was a good friend of ours, he still is, uh, Duance. Uh, he, um, he choreographed us that piece for like three months. And we, we danced, you know, in our private, <laughs> when we go to parties, right. but we never right. danced the poetry. God. The rhythm, you know. I'd be scared to death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was one time where he worked us so hard, we were like, some of us were throwing up and stuff. And we were nervous <laughs> because we didn't know how to, it would be accepted. On that stage. Yeah. Everybody had been, no, myself and another individual on the team, we've never been to the national level, but everybody else was at the national level. So we were nervous, right? But uh, R.C. Woslowski from uh, Vancouver. Yeah, he's great. He, yeah, he labeled the piece as polyphonic. Polyphonic, yeah. Yeah, right, which is the, the combination of movement and rhythm and sounds. And sounds. Yeah. And so we really felt that it fit, it kind of stuck with us. And we do that a lot when we perform as a team now because mm -hmm. we, we've created a group called Missing Links yeah. from that. And so. <laughs> A lot. It took everybody. We got to stay. It was, I think, our, our, my, like, it was a standing ovation. It was yeah. a mid standing ovation. Yeah. Well, I, at least on the video that they showed, people were, like, they were reacting. You could hear the surprise. <laughs> yeah. It was a very joyful experience. It was great. Do you, yeah. When you're performing, do you think a lot about movement on stage? I do, but I find that so many people don't use it. Mm -hmm. no. I feel I like the odd one out if yeah. I did. So I stopped doing it. Um, I put it on pause. I rarely find a, a space or a stage now where that movement will be seen as uh, not just cheap novelty, you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> but more of like, this is art. Uh, right. What is it? You, you know what I mean? This is art taken to another level. Or okay. we're seeing something that's taken to another level. And we're seeing, we're seeing uh, you know, a heightened level of, I guess, a practice or discipline. Mm -hmm. And so I don't use it much because in Ottawa, I don't see it much. I saw it a couple of times and I'm like, oh, I wish I was on that bill, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Pieces in it. But the last time I did it, it was in 2000. I did a really explosive one. It was 2012. And it wasn't received well. It was in a slam. Ah. It was in a slam competition. It wasn't received well. The audience were so upset that the scores that I got for it, some of the audience walked out. The because they, because, because the, they thought the, the judges weren't, didn't score it for, uh, you know, appropriately. A few of the audience members were so upset. That wow. And it <laughs> shook me. It's like, okay, maybe people just aren't ready for this yet. Maybe mm. not. So I think like that. That's too I bad. Think <laughs> I didn't think like that. Like, there's so much I can do with this piece. Mm -hmm. I want, I'm going to be training under Jackie, and she's going to be showing me how to incorporate theater, more theater mm -hmm. in my pieces. I just need to find the right space to, you know, to present it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot about a lot about movement too. And the other thing I wonder about it is, it's it's the space, but it's also knowing your audience. And sometimes, if your audience, like you said, people aren't ready, it can be distracting. And if you're moving around and they're not expecting it, they can't even necessarily maybe they can't listen to you or your words. And then it comes to a point where you're okay. Well, what's most important here? If it's not able to all come across, like, you know, how do I do having my audience in mind? I felt like that was might have been my downfall um, hmm. in 2012. My downfall. Really. <laughs> really? <laughs> 2012. We heard about it. it was in the news. No? <laughs> <laughs> it was um, knock on some wood there. Um, it yeah. was it was the fact that when you over engage people yeah. for something that they are not expecting that type right. level of stimulation, you could it could not work against you. Mm -hmm. uh, even up to the way you dress, yeah, you wear, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I've discovered. I like to dress up when I perform. And Me too. I've you, you yeah. Too? yeah mm -hmm. I, like to, I, I feel like when I feel good, I look good. When I look good, I feel good. But there's a few times where 
addressed. And I found that I think people are more looking at how yep. good I look. How <laughs> great I'm performing, great. you know? That sounds good, yeah. <laughs> I'm off to, I, I have to think about these things because I want to mm-hmm. deliver it, you know, Absolutely. effectively. And it all matters. Too. Yeah, it all matters. I like to dress for the tone of the work. Mm-hmm. That's how I am. And because I, I write a lot of long poems and poem series. So I like to, like I have my book Kiki and I tend to wear red when I, because mm-hmm. the book is red, you know. So yeah. I have read some red steel-toed Wolverine boots. I always wear them when I read now for the last year or so. They kind of make me feel, Doc Martens are, I'm, my feet are too small for Doc Martens. So I have these red Wolverines and they, I feel fierce wearing the boots. Yeah, okay, so yeah, okay. that's what I do. It helps, gives me confidence too. Yeah, Sometimes when I'm performing, I'll, I'll often I'll make kind of weird facial expressions when i'm getting into it and um it feels fine to me it feels right to me but my friend said you know like that's really distracting like you got to keep your face because there's a lot going on already you got to keep your face pretty you know that's hard yeah it's hard i i I said to my i was taking guitar from um this uh, woman at the folklore center years ago and i went to see her perform and i'd never seen her perform and I made the mistake of telling her afterwards that, and I loved it. I said, do you know you dance with your guitar when you, and I thought it was great. And she was horrified. Like I was, I thought it was beautiful, you know, and she did, she had no idea that she was dancing with her guitar, but uh, it was good. So Jamal, yes. <laughs> what are some activities or initiatives you're planning or have done as Ottawa Poet Laureate? Um, I have... A lot of plans with the Poet Laureate position. I'll tell you what, the, the months are going by fast. Mm. As the Poet Laureate, I, f- I, s- I see there's two um, avenues of where I work. One is creating events, mm-hmm. uh, poetry-related events. Another is supporting events that mm-hmm. happen that occur right. in the city. Uh, at, I should say there's three. And another is me, myself, attending events mm. and performing there or presenting there as the poet laureate. Mm-hmm. Um, in two of them, I'm doing consistently often, which is uh, uh, appearances as the poet laureate. Mm-hmm. And the other one is supporting events as the poet laureate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creation aspect is something that I want to be meticulous about. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just throw anything together because right. I throw a lot of things together. You know? it's like, <laughs> Thank okay. goodness. Yeah, well, it's yeah. good, you know, but I don't want to throw something that's already been seen or heard. Mm-hmm. So I have a few ideas. There's mm-hmm. a budget for it. One of them is I'd like to bring together, uh, create a, like sort of like a three-day conference mm-hmm. with poets, um, with uh, poets who are kind of coming, not kind of, who will be speaking mm-hmm. at these conferences, giving panels, workshops, and sharing knowledge and, tra- and, share- and uh, trading ideas uh, uh, on how to be an artist, or a poet, a published poet. So I think the spoken word community and the traditional word or page poet community can really do well by coming together with a three-day conference. Mm-hmm. And fun. Having, yeah, they make That'd it be fun. fun, make it lively, mm-hmm. evening events, have some showcases, performances. Yeah, yeah. It takes money to do these things, and I do, while I have a budget to work with, um, I realized I need... A bigger budget for this project because mm. if I want to bring in not just Toronto, we always need to Toronto. Yeah, we and Ontario, well, that's it. Right? Yeah, uh, if we want to bring in people from the from the West Coast, right? Yeah, East that's Coast, it. Costs more money, so I'm gonna mm. apply for some grants, couple it with the the budget that I have, mm-hmm. run that. Another thing is working with youth. I really mm-hmm. I want to put on a high school slam in one of the school mm. boards, um, whether it's the public school board or. The Catholic school board, because it's a large school board, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm not French speaking, but if I had someone to help me with on the French side, on the French side as well too, mm-hmm. and uh, have a, a, a high school wide slam. I believe in York, the York school board in Toronto. It's mm-hmm. being done by Dwayne Morgan. 
I know. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. 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 And so it, it's phenomenal, right? Three months, uh, students work on poems, come together, and they have a uh, school board slam. Yeah. I think that that will just segue students more into the poetry. I don't want it only to be page, uh, spoken word, mind you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a traditional yeah. word as well. But if I, I, like when I was a kid, we only studied old dead white guys, right? So I had no idea that poetry was a living thing. And if we had something like that when I was a kid, I don't know. And even uh, now, I think I mean, people, it's fantastic. people, and I'll, I'll talk to you about poetry or not, aren't necessarily interested in poetry, but the, their conception of a poetry is oh, yeah. different from what ours is, right? Because it's very reading, stuffy and it's, it's so intimidating. Boring, right? And yeah, it sounds it's terrible not, to me. Yeah, I don't want to be interested in that. Of, I'm not interested in that either. Yeah, I like that. That sounds like a really cool idea. I wonder if you could, they could even get credit for it through like a write, creative writing grade 12 English class or something like that, yeah. you know? Some units get some credits for some, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how difficult it'll be. It seems like yeah. a huge, a daunting task, um, but I feel like being in this position, it might be able to push that well, forward. Yeah, a platform, I think. For yeah. yeah. And aren't you involved too in what's it called? Mask? The uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's a, I can't remember what it stands for, but cultural arts, schools, thank, and community. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. so you go and and uh, work with uh, students in various schools across uh, Ottawa, right? Yes. Yes. Which I've always been interested in. It. That sounds great. You mentioned that uh, you you tend to throw things together a lot, but you don't want to do that now. Do you feel like there's a increased sort of spotlight on you now that you're a poet laureate? <laughs> do you feel more in pressure to like when you actually do um, projects or things that they have to be, you know, you, you put more pressure on yourself or you feel there's more pressure on you? I... I know there's pressure there. Mm-hmm. I try not to think about it too much. We're uh, making you think about it now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, you know, when the when my time is up, my time is up. I hope all I hope is that when it's up, I've left something that the next poet lawyer can you know maybe use mm-hmm. or or you know some type of inspirational toolkit for the next poet lawyer because it, it's not a specifically defined no you know program it's yeah like, okay i was told when i actually was offered the position i was told that i'm already doing a lot of what yeah it sounds like you are yeah that a poet lawyer should do so yeah continue that Use the money, use it wisely, yeah. Yeah. and then we keep it moving. Yeah, and you're the first one in se- in a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the last one? Was the last one Cyril Dabadeen? I, I might have been actually, yeah, from Ottawa U. So well, it's, yeah, yeah. it's been well, a long time since. Uh, Twenty seven years. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't even thinking about poetry. Then. Okay. Was, yeah, but um, I, I was I going to say? Um, one person did tell me. Uh, I, I was joking around on Facebook. <laughs> and this is when I realized, okay, well, if you're a public figure, you have to be careful yep. what you post on Facebook. You know, <laughs> I said, I got, I got a commission piece I have to write. I think I'm going to freestyle it. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, Facebook? <laughs> I've mind. A lot, you know, yeah, I've mind. A lot of people were responding. I think the majority were saying, go for it. Be experimental. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, explore and, uh, you know, uh, freestyle it. Uh, don't write it. Just if you're in your element, go for it. And then one person from Toronto, he said, you're the poet laureate now. How would it look if, oh. you know, if you, you freestyle the piece and the, the organization that commissioned you for it wasn't impressed? That's going to look badly on the poetry community. Ooh. And I thought, okay, I get what he's saying. Mm. I didn't like a respond to the comment because it hit me in a place where it's like, well, how do you know my freestyle isn't that good? Yeah, or... or... I, I hate, I don't know, I can't, I think that even just bothers me, you know, like I just don't, I don't. I didn't want it to bother me because mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel like I don't want to be open to what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I felt like he's throwing a lot of pressure behind something I 
feel it's you know I'm confident, but I don't know. He opened my eyes to that idea of pressure in, in the position, you know. God, I'm glad I'm obscure and not a public figure. <laughs> I dis- breaking all the rules. Disappoint everybody in the world all the time. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Anne? Just quickly about that. What would you, like what the would pressure? you say? Yeah, in terms of that idea of freestyling a commissioned piece. Would you uh, support the idea or would you be like, mm, Jamal, probably not a good idea? I think it depends on who's commissioning you and what for. Yeah. And and what about, could you ask, I guess the other question is, how would they feel? Like, you could always say, well, do you do you need me to prepare something right. this way or do you prefer? And I, I, I don't know what their answer would be. You right. know what I mean? I mean, if it's a very serious type of thing where you don't. It's you about funerals. So <laughs> you know, you want to be respectful of uh, the, the your, your audience, the people there. And if it's a serious topic, you know, you want to have a, uh, have a certain amount of respect for it. Mm-hmm. Same time, if it's like some kind of showcase or some kind of you know, fun party type of event, well, maybe freestyling is appropriate. Right. It right, really right, depends, right. I think, on the on the context. It's a very wise answer. You're very I wise. I the beehive, I guess, a yeah, little bit there. A, I never want to be respectful. <laughs> I'm terrible. The <laughs> word respectful is not in my vocabulary. I'm sorry. I don't. Should we, uh, oh, right. we should get on to the yes. next one here. I used the word wise earlier. That's a good segue into something called the WISE Soul Project, WISE, W-I-Z-E. So can you tell us something about that? Who's in it and how did it come about? Uh, the WISE is um, a, a genius kind of uh, uh, vision uh, by a, an uh, artist named Rudy Charles in Ottawa. He recently located to Ottawa, I think, five years ago. Uh, worked a lot in Montreal with some creatives there. He's kind of brands himself as a Quincy Jones type individual. Wow. He can see talent, understand what's missing in the industry, and then um, create the, uh, the the avenues for the, uh, those gaps to be filled. And he approached me about three years ago and said, hey, I'm trying to create a jazzy Chicago type vibe, yeah. you know, with the music here in the city. I feel we miss that, but like young black, urban, you know, mm-hmm. jazzy. And, you know, he's right. I've been here long enough to know that we don't have a scene like that. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it doesn't make Ottawa bad. That's just the way it is, mm-hmm. right? Not enough people in that, uh, following mm-hmm. that vibe. So I said, okay, you know that there's not going to be a lot of people. He's like, nah, but you have a great way of connecting with people. And if we connect you with other people who have a great way of connecting with people, we're going to make it work. So we hooked up with like Ian Ketakoop. Yeah. Mm. Um, we hooked up with a woman named uh, Magdala, uh, oh, yeah. also known as Delightful. She's a spoken word poet, but recently moved to Montreal. And uh, who else was there? I think it was just us to start with. Eventually, uh, Ian Ketakoop moved out of Ottawa. Right. And he's a super creative individual. So creative. Right. Yeah. His animated poems. Animated. I love yeah. those. Like, yeah, those Ian are Ketakou. great. Ottawa's too small. I don't like saying that, but well, maybe it could be true for him. It, in his reality, it might be Ottawa's too small for him. So it was left with me. And so it was at the point where Rudy said, you got to find other people. So I thought, given... You know, I'm, uh, I don't know, I still consider myself an emerging artist, but uh, given I know enough to be able to be a uh, director a little bit or an artistic uh, mentor, I got some some individuals who are younger than me um, in their early 20s. And the wise is basically us reflecting different categories of where we are in our age, in our life, and what we're experiencing, and giving our interpretation of that through our music. Mm. So it's hip-hop, it's spoken word, it's uh, hip-hop as in rap. Um, spoken word is R&B, rhythm and blues, mm-hmm. and it's funky, it's jazz. We uh, write on topics that aren't radio, like it's not the common radio yeah. stuff. I'm very proud of what we're creating. Um, my kids can listen to it because it's, I think it's positive, positive messages in there. Good, yeah. And uh, and I think it'll also reach 
you know, people, young te- uh, late teens to mid 30s, all the way to 40s. Uh, me being a parent. Hey, I'm in my 50s and I uh, liked it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're trying to make it so that we're using artists in the city to help us create this. So we use Soul Jazz Orchestra. Um, yeah, great. For this music. We've used uh, Montreal. We've actually worked with Lauren Hill's keyboardist. Wow. Yeah, on one of the songs. So apparently he heard it and played it for her too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll put up a link to the KOM Keep On Moving Keep video. On, yeah. It's great. I love it. I actually, I, I thought it was great. At the, and then right into that, it's because they, I, I, what I said, even seeing that and also seeing some of your other work, uh, collaborative work, and mm-hmm. um, there's a fierce joy, a sense of urgency, and for life in your poetry so for instance ignite the song the video that you did with laura bidner and also poem for life and so i just i just love that uh, there's a sense of urgency i think to uh, th- your work and i wondered how the trials and tribulations in your life have contributed to the act of creation for you well um I, if I, they have <laughs> they have intensely and uh i try not to let it overwhelm me but i think that uh no i believe that <clears throat> My somewhat of uh, difficult and dark times mm-hmm. uh, have helped me to recognize um, that uh, there's more to life than just giving into the darkness and, and to the hard times, right? So uh, I was asked by Laura Bennett to <clears throat> collaborate with her on that piece, and she told me about her, her um, experience with depression, mm-hmm. and I opened up to her about mine uh, at a time in my life, and... She said, just write about it. And I said, um, I'm, I usually don't write poetry like that. I don't perform poetry like that. Um, mm-hmm. But she pushed me and I, I feel like that piece, I can't, I can't watch it. I get too emotional. It's it's pretty. Yeah. I I I've seen it now a number of times, and I have it. I bought the album. Then um, yeah, yeah, I bought that album, and it's really great. But yeah, even I tear up, and I yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's beautiful. It, it was a, it was at a time. It came and I when I do watch it, I can only watch it when I'm doing really great <laughs> because then I'm like, yeah, I, I made it through. Um, but the piece is that and a poem for life. A poem for life was based off of someone who was really close to my family. He mm. passed away suddenly. He was playing with his kids and he just fell down and it was it. His life was over. And so it was dedicated to him and his family. And uh, what they experienced. And it's like, you know, life can just be here one moment. Yep. And just gone in, you know, mm-hmm. faster than the blink of an eye. Absolutely. So how do we, cre- how, I wanted to, cre- I want to create this urgency you're talking about. I want to create mm-hmm. so that anytime or hopefully when people, when I leave behind, people recognize that I really was connected with life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. life over everything. So don't waste time don't, don't waste, waste time. there's no point and there's no point for bullshit and bureaucracy no. and all that stuff no that's right that's speak right. your mind and, and <laughs> well you're you're certainly doing that with your work and uh i really appreciate everything that you're doing so mm-hmm. well do you have anything that you want to you want to leave us with before, before we wrap up I I feel that that was a really good interview. Thank you very much. Yeah. I re- I believe it was a good interview actually. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, I want to give a shout out to the podcast. Yeah. I hope other people um, uh, come and check it out. Thank you. Um, it's Thanks. called the Machine Talks. The Small Machine the Talks. Small yes. Machine Talks. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely going to start rifling through all of the podcasts. Now, podcasts are a great way to connect with people. They are, yeah. To stay up to date and to be informed, I guess, you know. And you can listen. You don't have to listen to it all at once. You can listen to the little bit and then you can listen to it a bit later. The sections you're interested in. Yeah. I always feel just for you. (laughs) Yeah, I try to sort of let people, I do a kind of a sort of, it's not really a live tweet, but I I listen to the the podcast while tweeting and I I, I put the points where we mention certain things so that I I do that so that people will, will go 
go to certain spots. So they'll be able to not have to listen to the whole thing and they can just go to their, mm -hmm. their spot and hear it. But that's, um, mm -hmm. that's always fun to do. I get a lot of things wrong and I'm, and people <laughs> fix it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for yeah, being really here. Appreciate it. It's been a great chat. Appreciate yeah. it. And good luck with, uh, with your endeavors. Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs>